We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Off of a riveting discussion of Fritos, taco soup, and Nick Sirianni's recipes when he's not coach of the Eagles. We'll get back to all that. Right now, though, let's get to the guest line here. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joining us. Talk about the Eagles heading in as the number one seed and wild card weekend around the NFL. Brad, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing well. I guess we'll start off with this before we go any further. I'm just curious. Have you ever had taco soup? And I don't mean chicken tortilla soup because today Nick Sirianni was kind of uh, trying to describe how he'll watch film and then he'll make adjustments. And for some reason, he went into a thing about how he'll change his taco soup recipe when his kids complain. Have you ever had taco soup? I'm glad I got the opportunity to address this when you mentioned it because I just watched the video on Twitter like five minutes ago. I have had taco soup. Uh, it's, it's solid, and I, I agree. Fritos are a key ingredient or a key extra to get into the equation. So I've never had it. Like, is it almost like chili? Is is that kind of the the kind of the way it would kind of come out? It's like a, a between like a chili and almost like a warm gazpacho. I guess is the best way I would put it. It's not quite as thick as chili, at least in my experience. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up, and we have someone with, with some <laughs> taco soup experience here. All right, Brad, let's talk about the Eagles. They go in, they clinch the number one seed finally uh, on Sunday against the Giants. Um, what did you take from it? Because the one thing that I noticed pretty early on is while Jalen Hurts was healthy enough to play, he didn't play like himself. It was the first time in his NFL career as a starter where he had zero designed runs called for him. Like, he didn't run the ball at all as a runner. He just scrambled around a little bit and slid. Um, it's probably just protecting him, but it was interesting to watch a, a very limited game plan with Jalen Hurts. What did you take away from the game? Yeah, I was actually fortunate enough to be in the link for the game. So, uh, first, first time experience for me, which is cool. So, yeah, you mentioned the no design runs, which I think makes sense. Obviously, Miles Sanders kind of got phased out in the second half as well. But I think the scrambles were key. He looked like he had some good bursts in the scrambles, was able to get the edge, get out of bounds, not take a hit. So, I think that was key. And I think, like you said, a little bit rusty. But, I mean, the opening game slant to A.J. Brown, the deep ball to A.J. Brown a couple plays later. He made a couple nice throws. You've got to get that rust off. It has been a while. But... I think that's why it was key that he played. Of course, with the bye now coming up, I think you should take away positives of, look, maybe some missed throws, maybe some you know, not recognizing things or not seeing things clearly, but I think his feet got under him as the game went on, and those reps are going to make a difference come playoff. Brad, um, when you look forward here with the Eagles as, as we go towards the division round, they could play one of four teams here, the uh, Seahawks, Giants, Bucks, or Cowboys. Of those four teams – which of the four matchups you think would be the most advantageous to them, and which one you think would be the most challenging to play next weekend? 
Hmm. I'd probably go with the Seattle Seahawks just because their run defense is really, really bad. Uh, 25th in EPA per play allowed, and then they lost Jordan Brooks, a former first-round pick linebacker who's become a really good player, particularly against the run. He's going to be out for the playoffs, I believe out for the entire year at this point. And so the run defense is going to be even worse. And so if you can get a couple plays early, try to pick on those young corners. Obviously, Tariq Woolen's been great. But, you know, come playoff time, pick on some of those young corners, get some big shots to A.J. Brown. If you get an early lead on them, I think you can lean on the run game and just make it impossible for them to come back. And the other side, how about the team you think would be most difficult? I mean, if chalk holds, it's going to be the Dallas and, uh, and Tampa winner. Uh, of the four teams potentially they play, or the three you haven't mentioned, who do you think would be the most challenging matchup next weekend? I think you'd have to go with Dallas. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, uh, they know each other very well. But I think with Lane Johnson, he probably should be playing this game. But I don't think he's going to be 100% with that core muscle injury. I'm sure they'll shoot him up and he'll, he'll try to mitigate the pain as much as possible. But obviously, with this pass for us against maybe a less than 100% Lane Johnson, you have some concern there. And then with Devontae Maddox going down, you know, CeeDee Lamb operates out of the slot for most of his reps. Obviously, a phenomenal player there. And, yeah, you know, you saw a little bit of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson going back in the slot on a couple key third downs against the Giants. I think they're trying to, you know, get him ready for potentially playing some important snaps there come playoff time. But I think that one is, is probably the most scary uh, of those four teams. So you mentioned the coaching there. You know, Jonathan Gannon, obviously defensive coordinator, who, who moved uh, Gardner-Johnson into the slot a little bit, and he was kind of rotating between the slot and, and safety on Sunday. So both Eagles coordinators here, Brad, uh, Jonathan Gannon, and Shane Steichen are, are both candidates and, and been requested for interviews for head coaching jobs. We were discussing, I'm curious where you land on this. You know, in a perfect world, let's just say hypothetical world here, the Eagles could have one of them where they protect. They say, well, he's, we're not allowing him to leave. But the other one then goes, basically choosing one to stay, one to go. Um, of the two of them, who do you think is more important for the Eagles to get lucky and retain here? I mean, there's a chance both are gone, both become head coaches. Um, but of the two of them, for the long term here for the Eagles, which one do you think if they could choose they'd rather keep for next season? I think I would go with Shane Steichen, which maybe, you know, is an unorthodox answer because obviously the head coach is an offensive mind. But I think, he, you know, Nick Sirianni has been so benefited by not having as many game day responsibilities, by giving Shane Steichen, you know, a lot more duties on actual game day. And I think both guys are great. My understanding in talking with some folks in Philadelphia is that Gannon is, he's kind of that head coach guy that comes in all rah-rah. He fires the guys up. He's, he's a total leader. And, and, like, has that head coach material, whereas Steichen's kind of more of a quiet guy, still, you know, a jovial guy, a fun guy that people like. But, you know, he's more about just dig, digging into the weeds and, 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 and crushing film and, and just diving deep. So I think keeping the continuity there, obviously, look, not only Jalen Hurts, he also was there for Justin Herbert's rookie season and obviously did great things. I think he is going to become a head coach eventually, and, and he was getting better as the season went goes on. But I think they'll be able to replace Gannon. I'm a fan of Gannon, but, you know, there are some some issues with that defense. They could be a little bit better. So I think maybe you're able to find a defensive coordinator, maybe even a veteran, you know, go with a wily older guy that that just comes in and and maybe, you know, maybe elevates the floor a little bit and and continues – you know, the good defensive play with maybe, you know, getting a little bit better against the run and things like that. So, Brad, uh, this year, Gannon, it's interesting. This town has never really gravitated towards him because his style is more passive, and there's been a lot of coordinators here in the past, maybe Jim Johnson, Buddy Ryan back in the day, who play more of an aggressive style. I mean, I think Gannon's is, is kind of with the times. This is the way you play in the NFL these days. You don't blitz 40% of the time. But that being said... Um, the results on the pass rush have been remarkable this year. 70 sacks for the Eagles this year. 
I didn't see this coming. I mean, I thought they'd have a good pass rush, but I think they had less than 30 sacks last year. What do you equate this to? Is this just overwhelming talent, depth? I mean, he's not blitzing a lot. I mean, I think his scheme benefits them, but I'm not going to say Gannon's the reason they had seven. He just like I didn't think he was the reason they only had 29 last year. Why do you think they've been such a great pass rush this season? Yeah, you know, and I promise I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here or anything, but I I was so fascinated coming into the season. I talked about it a bunch, how they really took a platoon approach to to pass rush, right? We've seen across the league, you got edge rushers now making, you know, near $30 million a year. I'm sure a couple guys like Nick Bosa will be making $30 million a year in the near future. And they instead pivoted to let's load up and have literally four or five guys, both at edge and on the interior, especially once you sign, you know, those vets. And you can rotate bodies. And Brandon Graham playing less than 500 snaps but getting his, his first 10-sack season of his entire career. All the other guys, Josh Sweat, really coming on as a really, really good player. So, frankly, I'd give the nod to Howie Roseman. I mean, the early extension for Josh Sweat saved you a ton of money. It enabled you to bring more guys in. You know, you kept Derek Barnett, who obviously missed you know the season with an injury. But I just think it's, a, it's something that I think other teams are going to emulate, where if you don't have one of those difference-making, game-wrecking guys, Instead of, just to throw out an example, you know, giving up Bradley Chubb, trading a first-round pick and giving $22 million a year to Bradley Chubb, who in my opinion is just not on that level. He's a good, not great player. Instead of doing that, you get a Hassan Riddick for $15 million a year, who also, you know, he's 235 pounds and his sweat looks like he's 270 out there. It's like, it's different body types. It causes opposing offensive lines to have to be prepared for speed, for power, for bend, for everything. And it's just impossible to stop all the different things they can throw at you. I think it was a phenomenal approach to roster construction from that standpoint. Yeah, and you hit it. I think you hit on there that you think this might become more of the norm, which which I, I agree with, Brett. It always kind of reminds me of in baseball, you see some teams, you know, they, they pay three or four guys. They have these superstars. But sometimes the offenses that have – Eight good hitters, you know, eight guys that are 15, 20% above average. They score more runs over the course of the season than a team that has, you know, three or four big hitters, but then three or four easy outs in the lineup. It, it feels like almost that thought process of we're going to have a solid pass rusher on the field at all moments. 100%. No, 100%. And I think, you know, other positions, I guess like receiver, you think about the Patriots, and I'm always trying to kind of just rotate, again, good, not great players, like you said. Um, but having a lot of them, right? And, and of course, with depth, if you have injuries that are inevitable in this league, the, the drop-off, you know, you have DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona last year, he gets hurt. I mean, your offense is going to fall off a cliff, whereas you lose a guy that's kind of more of a mid-tier player. I mean, I mentioned Derek Barnett. Like, you lose him, you lose Josh Sweat for a couple games, and you can just you can overcome that much easier. So, yeah, I, I think it is going to be copied, and I think it's smart of them to kind of read the market, see where it's going, and you know, say, hey, this position is getting out of control. Obviously, it's an important position and, and super impactful. Let's kind of, you know, zag when everyone else is zigging, and it definitely worked out for them. Yeah, that's the Eagles. It certainly has been their front office for a long time. But last one for you, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Two NFC playoff games this weekend, both with about three-point spreads. Giants-Vikings still a three, and I think we're a little under now. Dallas about two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, who do you like in each of those games, Giants-Vikings and the, um, and the Cowboys and the Buccaneers on Monday? I like both underdogs in these matchups to win outright. Um, you know, with the Giants, it's just not a good matchup for Minnesota. They just played about a month ago. You know, it was a two-point game, 26-24 in Minnesota. And since that game, the Vikings lost right tackle Brian O'Neill, probably a top-five right tackle in the NFL. And then also just Kirk Cousins' kryptonite is interior pass rush. And Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams might be, you know, one of, if not the best, interior duos in the NFL right now. So I think this is a nightmare matchup. They'll get a Dory Jackson back who will help 
you know, keep Justin Jefferson from going crazy, he's obviously still going to get his. But I don't think it's a good matchup for the Minnesota Vikings. And then Tampa, I couldn't give you a metric or a, or a stat that points to why Tampa's going to win. Um, you know, I know one thing is, you know, on grass this year, it slowed down the Cowboys' pass rush a bit as opposed to playing on turf. And then also Tom Brady leads the NFL with the fastest average time to throw at 2.3 seconds. The best way to mitigate a pass rush is to not let them even get home because the ball ball is out so quickly. So I like both dogs in those matchups. Brad, great stuff. Appreciate you hopping on and uh, enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. A couple of interesting things there that Brad mentioned that I that, that kind of struck me. One, he likes both underdogs to win outright. You know what that would set up? Giants-Eagles next weekend in the divisional round, and it would also set up the Buccaneers at the 49ers. I mean, I have I have thought for two and a half months that we are getting an Eagles-Niners championship game in the NFC. If the matchups next weekend are Eagles-Giants, and I know the Giants just played the Eagles hard, and the game wasn't totally out of the question, but I do expect a better Eagles team, you know, two weeks from now. Man, I, I mean, that would it would just set up even further for me to believe we're getting the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC Championship game. If it's the Giants against the Eagles and it's the Bucks going to the Niners, I, I don't like the – I mean, I, I think the favorites are would be a significant advantage in those particular games. The other thing uh, that Brad mentioned there was the Eagles' approach to roster building when it came to the defensive line. So – Javon Hargrave is a free agent, right? And, and Brad just went over why he thinks what the Eagles did this past offseason, how they diversified their pass rush, right? We're going to have eight guys. We're not going to have one or two superstars. It really makes me think Javon Hargrave could be playing his final games as, as an Eagle because we've seen some projections he could get over $20 million a year in free agency. I just don't think the Eagles' philosophy lends to paying anyone that kind of money on the defensive line. Like, they got Redick at a, at a pretty – I'd say manageable rate. What, $15 million for the kind of pass rusher he is? They signed up Sweat to a pretty similar contract. I find it hard to believe with what they've done here and how they've generated all these sacks that they're going to pay Javon Hargrave $20 million a year when, I mean, you have to think they hope Jordan Davis asserts himself more in the next couple of years, right? He's more of a player. And they also have two first-round picks to draft another defensive tackle, more maybe more of a pass-rushing defensive tackle, if they want to, I, I think just hearing the way Brad put that with the way they built this defensive line, I don't think the philosophy lends itself to paying anybody $20 million a year on this defensive line. I, I, I think we could be seeing his final games as an Eagle. Yeah. And it's funny because you look at the resources they've poured into that position, right? It's Fletcher Cox was a first round pick. They signed Tim Jernigan to a big contract after trading mm-hmm. a third round pick for him. Javon Hargrave got a big contract. Jordan Davis was a first round pick. They still need more, right? Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if both Cox and Hargrave move on. And I don't know if this guy would fall to 10 and I don't know how much the Eagles prioritized fixing that position, but if you could package 10 and 32 and you could move up in the draft and draft a guy like Javon Carter who played next to Jordan Davis at the University of Georgia in college, I think that would be a perfect fit for the Eagles. You look at the success that this team has had, it's because of their interior pass, or their interior pass rush. Yep. Right? Hargrave and Cox right now have combined for 18 sacks. I just don't know where you replace that, especially through the free agent market. Well, you probably don't. Uh, you'd have to you'd have to go through the draft. And it's funny, they have poured a lot of resources into the position, but they do it on their terms. 
They don't do ridiculous contracts. Like the, what was the first Hargrave contract? Like three years, 36? It really turned out to be a steal. It, it's kind of like the, the Reddick deal. Did anyone did anyone get excited when they signed us on Reddick? Like, I mean, Temple, Temple alum, like Tucker. Like, I mean, but for the, I was on that day. I think I was filling in with Marks. And it was early in the offseason. There was still, like, I, I think some saw a disappointment. They didn't go get a big quarterback, right? They didn't, they didn't get uh, Russell Wilson, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise. But, like, there, there wasn't, like, a party thrown when they got a son, right? Like, a difference-making pass rusher. He has been a difference-making pass rusher. I, I do think strength in numbers, and we saw this a little bit in, in 2017, too. Strength in numbers within the pass rush is obviously the way they want to build this thing. So I, I don't think they're going to pay anybody. A ridiculous amount of money. I mean, Brandon Graham, uh, you know, he's a free agent to be. And I think it's going to work out to where he wants to be here. He spent his whole career here. Home is here. I think he loves being an Eagle. And I think they'll be able to get him at probably a lesser number than his statistics say. I mean, I know Elliott's been banging the drum. He should be a um, comeback player of the year candidate based on the season he's had. I mean, Brandon Graham just set his career high in sacks at at an advanced age. It's it's remarkable at, at how... How many? Like, it's crazy how many sacks Brandon Graham had this year, considering the amount of snaps he had. Like, he had eleven. He finished with, I think. Yes, and he couldn't have played more than thirty-five percent, forty percent of the snaps. I mean, I'm just guessing, just based on the year. I mean, now he had games in the twenties, maybe upper forty or mid forties at the highest. There's no way Brandon Graham played more than fifty percent of the snaps this season. No way. He had a total of 294 pass rushing snaps this year. That and he had 11 sacks. And that, he had 11 sacks. That's a crazy percentage. It's, you know, he turned his opportunities into a a big time amount of sacks. And I think this is the way they want to do it. So I'm sure they'll keep pouring resources, whether it be draft picks or bodies, and like having a bunch of players. But I don't think they're going to pay any of these guys 20 million dollars. It just doesn't feel like the way they're going to build this thing. No, I mean. Most of that money is going to go to Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts stands to make about a $40 million pay raise yep. this offseason. Well, that changes things for sure. Tom is in Northwest. Hey, Tom. That leads that leads me into my point. See, I, I think the Eagles are so successful with Howie doing his thing. And I think the model of a football team, I just saw something where the top, you know, Rodgers, kid from um, uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. whatever you call it. Yeah, Murray. Uh, and, and go on and on. There was a couple, there was three others. And their total record was horrible because when you put, what, what's $40 million? Is that 20% of your salary? It's a little, a it's a little bit less, but it's, 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 it's not, it's not that much. It, no, it is. You're right. It's pretty heavy. And I think that precludes you from being able to go and so I, I said to your producer, I said, I thought Fletcher was done this year. So the money, I mean, he was on a $120 million deal. I mean, it's got to save you money. And I thought our grades, I read, I don't know, just say two weeks ago, that they were ready to sign him for 53 for three years, which isn't far off from your 20 a year. But I mean, you, you, I'm not so sure you can just go. It's an unpopular opinion. And I love Jalen. But you get yourself boxed in when you go and you pay somebody 
$40 million a year. Well, you're not wrong. I, uh, I mean, Tom, I, I think I, – I, look, if you and I are realizing this, Tom, and you and I know the math, every GM in the NFL does. I know does, they know it. But you know, they they're know scared. They're, I mean, they're all scared because if they lose the guy – Finding another quarterback that could be close, right? Maybe not even as good, but just close. It's hard to do that, and then they're fired. Like I, ju- I think it's funny because the, they're they're smart. They have a lot of math guys that help them. When some of these GMs are math guys themselves, sure. But the fact that none of these teams has actually had the you know the stones to to move on from a star quarterback, the is, yeah, exactly. They're but, they're afraid. You know, you look you look at what ha- what's happening down in Baltimore. That's that's a that's an explosion. Mm-hmm. That that's that's bad. Now, you 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 get the stones. Now, what about you know you got uh, the guy that they moved to safety that was hurt with the uh, I'm horrible with his name. Uh, they got him from uh, New Orleans. You know who it is? He was just yeah yeah you know, Cha- Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, I mean you have to keep him. You saw what the defense looked like when he wasn't in there. And I think Bradbury, I mean, I think, I don't know, it's very hard to say that I don't want Jalen, but I, I don't know that I want a $40 million quarterback because I know that what it does to the remainder of the team. So, again, I, I, yeah, Tom, it's a great just, point. It's Tom, it's a great point. We've, I mean, it's going to be a big topic this offseason when they pay him. And, Tom, we appreciate the phone call. And I, I, I – I didn't take that call as he didn't want Jalen to be here. It's just it's it's truth, right? And I, I want Jalen to be here, and I think he's going to be here. So I think I'm right on this. There's always been I've always seen a million articles on this. I think the highest I I think the highest percentage of the cap a Super Bowl winning quarterback's taken up since the salary cap era started was 13.1 percent. I I believe that is is true. I might be off by a couple of percentage points here. So if that's the case, and we've had obviously a lot of quarterbacks in the last 10 years in the rookie wage scale that have taken less. right? With Jalen, I think Jalen Hurts is like the 52nd highest paid quarterback. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's I think like, it's 54th. Right, so I mean, what, what's his percentage of the cap? Like 1%? Like it's, it's t- I think time. he's at like $2.4 million right now. On a $200 million cap? Yeah. So like 1%, right? Like it's, it's silly how, how small his cap number is compared to the rest of the quarterbacks. So there's different ways to structure a contract, right? Like just because the Eagles give Jalen Hurts "quote unquote" forty-five million dollars a year into the, after the season, doesn't mean every year of the deal is going to be forty-five, 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 right? It's not like when Bryce Harper signs his deal, I think it's pretty flat, right? Bryce Harper's contract with the Phillies is like twenty-five million a year, whatever the number is. They flatten it out. The Eagles don't have to do that. So there'll be waves of this that that help them stay more competitive. I think Josh Allen, for an example, I don't think his money and the cap jumps until next year. So the Bills window, like, they're they're kind of in the, the sweet spot before his number jumps. So I just did the math. 13% of next year's cap I think is about $28 million. So if I had to guess, Jalen Hurts' cap hit next year, I bet the Eagles try to keep it at $28 million or less. But eventually, Tucker, those those hits will have to go up. Yeah, I just looked it up. Hertz is right now making 0.73% of the Eagles' salary. And if you want a comparison, Chase Daniel is right above him making 0.93 of uh, the, what is he, San Diego, Los yeah. Angeles? Yeah, Los Angeles. He He's making a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, it's something that always gets talked about as the ultimate cheat code, right, is having a quarterback mm-hmm. playing at a high level on a rookie contract, and no one ever really tries to exploit it. 
I thought five years ago, four years ago, the Eagles would be the team to do it. You know what I think has actually hurt them? How much they like Jalen Hurts. And you don't want to be the GM or you don't want to be the front office that lets that guy go away. Because even though there really isn't a precedent of high-priced quarterbacks going out and winning the Super Bowl, the easiest way to stay relevant and keep your job, quite frankly, in the NFL is to have a franchise quarterback, right? Is to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, who you know no matter what, they're going to win 11 games every season. Yeah, I would love to. A team's going to do this eventually. I I don't know who it's going to be. I think this particular Eagles team, it's complicated because Jalen Hurts is their leader. It's going to take a team that has some stones, and maybe the quarterback is just kind of vanilla. Like, they don't love him, they don't hate him but they could just move on and the locker room won't revolt. Um, it, this is not the team, and this is it's just it's not the time. But I think the point is fair, that if they pay him too much, it's going to hurt them. I mean, that, that's just the way the salary cap works. 215-592-9494. It's how you hopper will come back. A longtime Eagle, speaking of popular, he, he kind of alluded or didn't shut down the idea that he could retire if this team wins it this year. We'll tell you who that was coming up. 215-592-9494. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder? I am. I am worried. He didn't play like himself, didn't look like himself, didn't carry himself on the field like himself on Sunday. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder as we head towards the postseason? I am. We'll discuss it on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forest Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL same-game parlay or same-game parlay bets during the wild round. The more you bet, the more you get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. All right, let's build one here for Wild Card Weekend. I'm going to go with San Diego. Now I'm I'm saying San Diego. Los Angeles to win their game. I'll take them minus one and a half on the road in Jacksonville. I'll go in an anytime touchdown score for their running back, Austin Eckler. And let's go with an interception for the Jacksonville quarterback. Build your own or choose one of the popular same game parlays. Pre-built for you in Fandle's top-rated sportsbook. Fandle Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to Fandle Sportsbook, you can also get up to $100 of free bets, win or lose, when signing up. Promo code Gilio. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. I really like the Fandle app. Make every moment more with Fandle, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.